Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Yeah, g'day everybody. Welcome back to the Weekly Rubdown, a podcast where we rub down everything NRL Supercoast Draft. You're listening to the 2022 preseason happy ending. Uh, I'm your host, Natty, and with me as always, riding shotgun in the rub is the stats wizard himself, Walker. And Daddy. we've also got, there she is, and we've also got the guru with us uh, to go through, wrap everything up that we've gone through. It's a been, fuck, it's been a, a grueling preseason, to be honest. Guru, how you going, champ? Yeah, going good, boys. I uh, had my uh, Christmas day on Saturday, draft day, so uh, got the team. How are you feeling? Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, open up a few presents. Yeah, was I was uh, I was probably more confident on Saturday than I am now. Um, all of my big picks, I think, are okay. Uh, just a couple of late value picks, which I'd like to fall my way, which I'm sort of waiting to see uh, how teamless play out, as I'm sure you boys will be in a very similar position. No yeah, doubt. Time. Yeah, you've got a couple of wild picks there. Can't wait to to pull your team to pieces. To be honest, no, I, I did see what I did see one of you guys play over the weekend, and my god, the guy just doesn't know how to tackle. Fucking all Amalotti. It's just an unlucky game for him. Look, to be fair, I didn't actually draft him, um, so I was low key enjoying watch that one because the guy that did draft him is, is one of my mates and I think he might have taken my tip just quietly so uh... you've you, you <laughs> fed him some disinformation I like it yeah I no, like it. no the wrong advice you're, you're big on him all pre-season so yes very it's well played there still very young I, uh, I felt a bit sorry for him Chestnut the other checkers. night yeah <laughs> all right well boys this this rubdown's all about tidying up the full preseason obviously on the rubdown mm. we've gone through all the positions we've got the the injury rub we've done the strength of schedule it's it's been big there's a plan there's plenty of content out there but we're just trying to wrap it up and give you guys sort of a, a nice little package of all the thoughts that we've got going into our draft that's not this weekend, next weekend. So we'll go through things like our, our, our favorite boom for each position, 
uh, a bust for each position, sleepers. Um, it's just pretty much all lists. We're just going to bang out the list. Guru, you throw your list at, at, at us. Then Wooker, you can do our list, and I'll just yep. be the link man in the middle just trying to keep this bad boy chugging along nicely. Sounds like a plan. All right. Wicked, you in? Guru, you still with us? Yeah, I'm still with you. Have we, uh, <laughs> are, are, are we cracking some beers here or what? He's, he's still in recovery, Sash, that's all. Please. Yeah, I'm, so I'm going to get myself on the vino and then I'll be mate, back on the cans. I start, um, podcast. mate, I start, I start drinking when Cocomelon hits the, the iPad and I've got to feed the kid. Don't worry about that. I'm do, flying. Do, do you express before or after the drink? Express. I do both. <laughs> Straight on the nipple and I also express. Nice, nice. It's good. It's good for him. Get the hormones going while they're in the nipple. My white Russian before bed. Oh, geez, a white Russian. Nice call, Walker. What a drink that is. Actually, I might have one of those before Un- bed. Underrated. Mm, very good. All right, enough dribble. Let's get into the first list. This is all you, Walker. So, this is the statistical stacks, the best statistical stacks for your finals. Hit us with them. So, I've got an exhaustive list. We were going to say five, but um, I've out all out for you guys um i've got i've got nine so ponga and best now didn't really work out last season um as we all know too well but the knights have the fourth best strength of schedule towards back in the season and both ponga and best have the best strength of schedule by their position so they're one they're really hard to ignore even though i think the knights are going to go dog shit this year look i think the Best is yet to come from best, hopefully. But um, next off the rank is um, Kiri, second best, and Satili, third best positional. And Roosters as a whole have the second um, best strength of schedule. So that one seems like a bit of a no-brainer. That's sexy. Yeah. Um, Tarek Sims, third best. Moses Suli, second best. Dragons have the sixth best run. Again, it's another it's another team that I'm just not I'm not confident in drafting. Um, just bearing in mind that these are the statistical stacks for the def- um, the defensive teams that they're playing. Say that five times quick. Oh, mate. After, after a couple of vinos, I'll be, I'll be struggling <laughs> to say it once. You did. Uh, um, next one is Burton, uh, fifth best, and uh, TPJ, second best. And the Dogs had the best strength of schedule as a whole. Don't mind that one. That one's, that one's a nice one. And then it's achievable one, but I think you'd have to do back-to-back picks. Yeah. Um, uh, next one's Dylan Brown. We're pretty big on, on Dill this year. Dill bags, fourth best. And then Will Panasini, second best. Um, the, the Eels don't have the best run. They've got the seventh best on, on the way home. But look, they're definitely worth a bit of a, um, a value play, I think, both of them, to be What's fair. What's your thoughts on that one, Gary? Because you're big on Panasini. Yeah, yeah, I like Panasini. I've been, uh, I'm a little bit worried about whether it's going to translate to Supercoach, uh, to be mm. honest with you. But it obviously has been a very, very small sample size. I think with a full uh, first grade uh, preseason under his belt, could be a different beast, Panasini. Uh, there's, it's, I wasn't expecting these sort of teams to come out of this. If I'm being honest with you, Walker. Yeah, well, it's it's going to turn around in a little bit. So just just bear with me for a sec. Uh, ne- next one is Turbo third. Um, Garrick fourth best um, positional yeah. strength of schedule. And that like one's obviously always, the cream of the crop. That one, like we always say, if that's happened in your league, just don't worry about it. 
Packer. Yeah, you, you, might as well, you might as well start studying for 2023. <laughs> yeah, that person either wins by a mile or they come dead last by round four if there's an injury. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 100%. Yeah, but Manly, Manly do have the 11th um, best strength of schedule, so it's not going to be smooth sailing towards the finals. Um, so that's just one thing to take into account. Might affect Garrett more than Turbo because Turbo is a bit matchup proof. Um, next one is Semi Walker, second best, and Toops on that edge, um, sixth best. So I'm I'm really big on this one as well. Roosters have, like I said before, the second best um, strength of schedule as a whole. And then moving straight into that is uh, your boy Nagama, um, fourth best on that that wing and Kiri second best send the Roosters second overall again um, and the one that's going to going to throw us a little bit is Hines first for positional for that um, uh, that half spot and Kennedy um, as a bit of a, a wild card pick um, fifth best for fullback and Sharks have a third best overall strength of schedule in the finals so there is a whole bunch of stacks that are available but a lot of those are attainable um, a lot of those are, are, are fairly high end though. So it's, it will probably circle back to the more attainable stacks after, after that. I really like, so obviously the Roosters ones. Mm. So, and I think that's ba- that's bang on where I see a stack for the Roosters as well. I really like the Kiri Satili one. And if you're going to go on the left side, I really like the Walker and the Toops one. I think if you're going to stack up any players from the Roosters side, it has to be out of those four guys and, you know, pairing those two together specifically. Would you, would you, would you, would you stack a second rower and a center wing? No, I don't, I don't yeah. think I would. Unless unless you've got a, a back rower like Schuster, who's got a bit of ball playing in him yeah. and is willing to use that center. But I'd I'd much rather use a half that likes to use uh, this the back rower there. Well, not both exactly. Yeah. Yep. Guru thoughts? Yeah. No, I was just uh, obviously listening to those stacks you mentioned. Kiri Satili, Kiri uh, Naguama as well, and I actually uh, I ended up with Naguama and Satili uh, in my draft team, and you know could have taken. Uh, Luke Keary, could I have taken him once or twice? I think I could have taken him twice with my first and second pick based on when he went in my comp. Um, so if I would have known maybe how my draft would have played out, uh, might have been a decent little play there. But yeah, interesting to think about that in hindsight. Yeah, he's, he's one that he's one that has a little bit of an asterisk on him because he's he's obviously got that long um, injury history of um, he's got the head head knocks he's got the foot issues he's got some hammy problems from from way back when yeah. so look he's he's probably not going to be playing the first round as well um, and if that carries through through the season he's coming back from an ACL. There's, there's a lot of question marks from my side that has pushed him back behind Sammy Walker, I think. Yeah, and I think the other thing about Kiri is too and that, you know, as much as he's, you know, arguably the second or third best player in that team is incredibly important. Even when they lose Kiri, they'll bring Joey Manu into 5-8 and I'm sorry, but the Roosters still beat everyone except Penrith and Melbourne with Joey Manu at 5-8 for me. So if he does get a head knock, I can just see the Roosters taking their sweet-ass time with this, which could be a huge pain in the ass for mm. you, classic-wise. That's that's uh, an interesting take as draft-wise. well. Draft-wise, yeah. I can't believe I just said that. Good God. I think I was <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> All right, let's get into the top five real estate spots 
for Supercoach in the NRL. Guru, give us your top five. Uh, I've got my top five. I don't have them in an order. Uh, I hope that's not an issue. Uh, But my five that I've got, uh, I've got the Melbourne Storm left edge. I I just think Munster's going to have a really good season this year. And the the Melbourne left edge is is already strong. Uh, But I, I just think Munster can potentially elevate them um, to a new level. That was sort of my last sort of one that I picked. The other four I found pretty easy. Um, I had the Broncos right edge. I think with Adam Reynolds, if you if you have got Selwyn Cobbo on the wing, Katoni Staggs inside him, even Jordan Rickey, I think that's going to be a pretty lethal edge. And I just think Brisbane will play to that edge as well. So I think that could be anything. Um, the Rabbitohs left edge. I mean, it speaks yep. for itself, doesn't it, boys? Yep. Uh, between Cody Walker. It was funny, mate. In, in, in my draft comp, I was sitting there and... Um, Alex Johnson went round three and I thought, oh my God, you're fucking kidding. But then I realized it was the guy that took Cody Walker in round one and it just changes everything straight away, doesn't it? Yeah, not a bad oh, start. Okay. Um, so I had the Rabbitohs left edge. Uh, mate, I had Roosters backs and, you know, I lean towards the left edge, but mate, now that I've got Naguama and, and I'm <laughs> thinking about Kiri and I'm thinking about Manu, I really don't know which one is going to be better. Oh, I'm starting to wonder if because Kiri is returning, I mean, small sample size, but last year, Kiri down the right edge in those first two games was fucking incredible. And Joey Manu has just got so much upside to him. So I could take either Rooster's edge. I'm going to be biased and stick with Naguama and uh, and Satili Tupanua. So I am pretty right side heavy. Uh, my last one is the Penrith Panthers left edge. Um, win a comp a few years ago off the back of this, but I dominated a season with this left edge. It was unbelievable. They've lost Matty Burton. I know that's a hit, but I think this young Isaac Tago is going to come in. And personally, I don't think he's he's going to miss a beat. I think they're going to be just fine. I think Jerome Luai is going to start to play some more expansive footy out on that side too. You've got the best winger in rugby league out there. You've got on his day the most damaging second rower in rugby league there too. So, uh, And I think you've potentially got the rookie of the year playing left center there. So the Panthers left edge is one that really excites me. Yeah, very sexy. Walker, what have we got for our top five real estate spots? I admit there's a lot of similarities here, but I'll run through in order. Um, so the top one for us, we've, we've actually gone a little bit off kilter here. We've gone Roosters left or right, um, purely because they're going to be damaging both sides of the field. And a lot of teams are just going to be sucked in. And um, I feel like that's going to be, they're going to be one of the top scorers for the year, I think. Um, and then the next one, we've got South left edge. Um, that, that one speaks for itself, like you mentioned before. Panthers left edge, again, speaks for itself. Um, Bulldogs left. Um, this one this one is a little bit left field. We've got to see how the um, how everything falls together, but we just, like, with um, TPJ, with Burton coming in, there's a lot of attacking upside in those players, and, yeah, I feel like there are going to be some points scored. Uh, the Broncos right, like you mentioned, and also the Warriors right. Um, I think that's that's been underplayed a little bit, um, and definitely some some upside with the the characters in that one. So obviously the the main difference there is the Bulldogs left, and I just think it's the caliber of players that's going to be lining up out there. Bulldogs didn't look great in attack, um, and I don't think they'll start the season hot. You know, it'll take time for the Bulldogs to to warm into the season and start attacking well. But the thing, the why, why we sort of lent towards the Bulldogs left is. At the end of the season, I can see it being they score 55% of their tries down the left. 
it's going to be very dominant down that left edge. So if you do own players that's out out on that left edge for the dogs, I think you've got a really good chance of getting a lot of super coach points. Um, what was the other? The, this is a good, and that's a really good conversation here. Is the Roosters right versus left? Because obviously, Kiri came uh, started the season on the right. Killed it for those three games. Then Walker came in, played light, right, and continued that right dominance. Like behind the South left edge, the Roosters' right was the second most dominant side in rugby league. So it's going to be interesting. Does Kiri continue to make that right edge or like potent, or does it follow Sam Walker over to the left as well? Um, really interesting to see what happens there. Like like you said, Guru, you're obviously a little bit biased with the, the guys that you've got in your team. But do you have an opinion on where the ball's going to be swung or do you think it's going to be quite even now that you've got two great ball players playing either side of the ruck? Uh, as I as you said, I said I, I'm a little bit biased on the situation. Um, I mean, I just think most of the footy I've seen with Luke here at the Roosters, he tend to have... Obviously, Cooper Cronk next to him, so it is a little bit different. We haven't seen these two play together. I, I just I watched those first two games of last season. I watched them about three weeks ago very closely, and, mate, it was just every single time Luke Keery got the ball in front of the sticks, he didn't even look left. And if he was standing on the left and there was an offload and it sort of came their way, he'd swing back to the other way straight away. So uh, I, I'm sort of leaning towards them going to the right, but, I mean... We have to see how this team plays first. We don't know how these halves are going to combine. Um, I, and, and, and you know what? It, it, you know, it, it is only two games at the end of the day. Maybe it was just part of their game plan to attack those edges of those teams. That might be it. Mm. Um, so, you know, we do have to wait and see. Can, can I ask you both this? Um, if, if, if we drew a line through the middle and we said, nah, you have to pick the edges, so the left edge and the right edge of the Roosters, would you have them one and two overall still? Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think, think so. I think, I think we'd have to drop one off for sure. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, uh, one of the other one. You'd have to take both in there. Yeah, so, so, so you'd have them one and two? Yeah. I think yeah, so. Okay. I think yeah. just because, obviously, South, I don't think they're going to be as potent down that left. Um, they're not going to have the field position that they, they were afforded last year. So there's going to be an immediate drop into the potency of the tap because they're not going to be in the attacking positions as often. I agree. And the Panthers, I mean, they were really left dominant early on in the year. But when Nathan Cleary started hitting his straps mid-season, it definitely swapped a little bit there and the right edge came up a little bit. So they're more of an even side. I even think that with with Melbourne as well. They started off the year left dominant, then Hughes hit his straps and they started becoming right dominant. So if you're talking about a team, yeah, I think you still have to take the Roosters one or two. I mean, just look at that team. When when you read that team, it's wild, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, boys. That's the real estate spot. Jeez, that's got, that's got some movement already. This is early in the <laughs> rundown. Fucking hell. Um, all right, let's talk about top five favorite attainable stacks. Now, this is right up your alley, Guru. So what I mean by attainable is that you can actually draft these guys. Yep. So I want you to give me your top five and where you think you're going to have to draft these guys in order to get this stack. 
Uh, the really obvious one, obviously, the South Sydney left edge, if you can get AJ and Cody Walker uh, or AJ and Latrell Mitchell. I think I'd rather Cody, but if you get AJ and Latrell, I think that's a good win there. And you can obviously, uh, I would assume, well, Latrell Mitchell has to go in the top six of every draft comp, in my opinion. Uh, yep. Cody Walker, I mean, you could maybe get him at the start of the second round, depending how deep your league is, but I, I just think he, he is a guy that has got high ceiling potential. I think he will drop off a little bit, but... Once you get to pick 9, 10, 11, if other guys are targeting high-ceiling players, Cody goes pretty quickly. AJ, mate, like, if you're the guy holding Cody Walker, everyone else is going to wait till I would say, around 5 or 6, depending how deep your league is. You can go him as early as you want, realistically. Uh, for me, if you've got Cody Walker, you can add 20 points to AJ's average, realistically. that That's the sort of... Uh, caliber you're getting through that combo um i think the big one though and this is be the one that i'd be most happy with as we said garrick slash turbo is just mission impossible it essentially can't happen garrick slash dce i think this one is achievable um this is i i I sort of had a plan going into my draft that if i didn't get on through our challenges if i didn't get one to six uh, I dropped back to 13 or 14, and this is one of the targets that I could see, Garrick and DCE. I definitely think you can win a comp with this. The bloke that won our comp last year, I think he took DCE round, late round one, and he got Garrick in round fucking 13 or something uh, up in the nosebleeds, and, and it won him the comp, and mm-hmm. I think that could happen again in this this year. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. if, if I was late on draft day, yeah. these two would be a definite target for me. Um, I'm huge... On Katoni Staggs, uh, I've spoken about this quite a bit. So I think if you can get Staggs paired up with Cobo, um, and if your draft is this week, I think at some point you grab Piera as well. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a world where Staggs plays left center, Cobo plays fullback, and Piera plays right wing. And boys, how fucking hard would that be to handle? I I love I love that idea. Um, they're pretty they're pretty flush with um, with. Uh, like their backs up at the moment because my god they've got options where like i've seen heaps of teams where Cobber doesn't even make the team where where Nair doesn't make the team like um like tessie new played awesome last season obviously didn't play that well in defense but my god in in the attacking raids doesn't like pass but my he's such a good attacker um cobo do you think he's a year away from from being given the reins in that fullback spot uh, well, mate, I'm hearing that he, he he could play there for round one and two with Tessie New out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, mate, to be honest with you, if I've drafted Cobbo and he isn't given the reins and he's outside Katoni Staggs, who I've also got, I've got to tell you, I'm not sure if I'm not more happy, to be honest with you. Mm, um, yeah. And then if that does happen, I'm going to back Jordan Piera to land on the left wing, to be honest with you. So, I mean, if you can manage to get those three, I obviously got Staggs. I wanted Cobo. I missed him. Then I thought I'll get Piera soon, and then Piera went as well. I, I think I sort of dug my own grave as far as uh, talking on a podcast nonstop. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of the problems with other podcasts. You, you, you're yeah. giving out all of the tips, and then everyone in your league no doubt listens, and then fucks you in the ass. Well, mate, there, there's um, one guy in our comp who who I didn't think listened to my podcast, and. If he doesn't, he's a fucking mind reader because he swindled me about four times. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> oh, no. He listens, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, my, other, 
combo, I had I had Ponga plus whoever plays on, on the left wing. If, if it is Dominic Young, I you know I saw people mm, say he looked he looked he looked fairly good at times. He, he looked good, and you know I saw I heard people say oh you know KP he scored four super coach points, and look I, I'm very low on KP. I think he's going to have a poor season, but. Fuck, he was so much better than four super coach points on Monday night. I thought he was doing some really impressive things. He was getting highly involved. And I will say this, the combo with the left winger that KP's always had has always been solid. I think it was made to look even better the other night because Jade Nockenball was just being an absolute fucking space yeah. cadet shooting in for no apparent reason consistently. Uh, but I still think it's a stack that if you get KP... I think you're silly not to try and get best and whoever else is on the other side, realistically. Um, I've got Sean Johnson and DWZ, which I'm sure you guys will mention anyway. Um, but my big one like is one. if you can get Brian Toto round one or round two as your ceiling, stack him with Tago because I think mm. this left edge is going to be lethal. I think I got Tago. Mm. Yeah. I got Tago round seven, uh, which sounds pretty early. In a 14-man comp, it is reasonably deep. Um, numbers-wise, as far as the competition goes, but I'm very confident he'll be a top 10 CTW. And if you compare him up with Toto, I mean, you could potentially get Toto, Luai, Tago, and Viliami kick out if you wanted them, and fuck it, it'd make you dangerous. Fuck, mm. I, re- I didn't even think about that one. Toto and Tago, oh, that's yeah, cool. yeah, That's real good. Walker, what do we got? Yeah, so we've got we've got semi Walker and Toops. That's a, a that's yeah. one that's definitely attainable. Like I said when when I read it out before, um, in the statistical stacks, it's it's one that you're probably going to have to go pick after pick. Yeah, round um, three, round four, round three, round four. Mm-hmm. Um, DC and Olukawatu. Um, yeah. Olukawatu is underpriced because he he played the first five games I think from the bench. So he is definitely ripe for the pick, and he's I think he came in with an average of about sixty odd and. Look, nine 80-minute games he's played, um, I think he's averaged about 63-plus. So definitely one where he's a bit undervalued. Um, Hunt and Lomax, um, not playing for the best team, but definitely an attainable stack there. Um, again, similar to Semi Walker and Toops, I think they'll be back-to-back picks if you're going that way. Um, Hines and Kennedy, um, yeah, no, no surprises there. And then, yeah, Ricky, Jordan Ricky, Stags, Adam Reynolds, Cobbo, take your pick out of that lot. It's look if they if and add Pereira in there as well if um, if the cards fall his way for round one because yeah I think that that edge is going to be the um, the secret of success for the Broncos this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. I think Guru's onto it with that right edge for the Broncos. I think if you're going to stack anyone, I think it's got to be Stags and Cobbo. I think that's yeah, the for sexiest, sure. sexiest stags, uh, stack of them all. Um, Sam Walker, Toops. We know about Sam Walker with that Harbour Bridge pass to Toops. He's going to have a kicking target now. That's sexy as fuck. We've talked a lot about DCE and the way that he uses his edge back rowers. We didn't see a lot of it last year because mm. they played so much expansive football with turbo on the swing and playing up the guts. Uh, I don't think they, they're going to be afforded that type of space in 2022, which means I think they're going to go back to their structure a little bit. And part of that structure is DC really likes to lean on these big edge back rolls close to the line. If you go back a couple of seasons, you know, we're talking about Curtis Siren and even when that Jack, Javeski or whatever the fuck his name is came in. He scored tries running off DCE's hip. So I can really see that combination being successful for the Manly Seagulls. Hunt and Lomax, we've talked about, you know, when things goes tit goes tits up. 
I think Hunt is going to lean on Lomax a lot and they'll link up, especially in the air. Like, Hunt puts bombs up. Lomax is there every single fucking time, whether it's every putting, time. Pressure, every putting time. pressure on the fullback or if he's trying to go up and get it himself or he's going to bat it back. Like, he is a menace when there's a high ball up there. Hines and Kennedy, not only is it a really good... Uh, statistical stack. Sharks have an unbelievable run all season long for strength of schedule. I think Hines might float both sides of the field. I think it'll be type of a, a you know a roaming sort of half, and I think Kennedy will just be trailing him everywhere he goes. I think their scores are going to be linked very heavily. So I like it, but for you, Guru, mate, the top Otago one is sexy as hell. AJ Cody, I mean, that's I, I can't believe I didn't even think of that myself. Um, yeah, Ponga and someone from that left edge, but mate, the the top Otago one, that's that's the one for me, mate. Yeah, and it's one that you could get very very late. Obviously, I, I mean, just from sitting in my draft the other day, um, I, I I just think that there is a world where you could go Garrick DCE. You could probably get Olakowatu round three or four. You could grab it like there's a world oh, where you it. could get Garrick DCE Olakowatu. You could you could get Stags round three Olakowatu four or five, and then you could probably get Selwyn after that. Like mm. I mean, if you are going to pick late and you're not going to get a Turbo, a Teddy, a big Dick Swinger like that, good God, you could have a heap of options there. And you you like it, it sounds impossible, but you you could track down those points with those sort of combos. In all honesty, DCE Olakawatu stack into Stags Cobo stack. Fuck me. I was semi. I've got, I've, got a, f- I've, got an, I've got another stack that might get you over the edge. Okay, talk to me, son. Trell and Campbell Graham. Yeah. It'd be better if, Campbell, if, if, left, Cam- if Campbell If Campbell Graham ends up picking up that left spot, holy shit. I don't think. But I don't think. It, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think, think you will, will, but I mean, everyone's talking. Every I think everyone's talking about it so much because they're trying to will it into existence. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I really don't think. If you believe, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck. Mate, the, we all the, want it to happen. The, the the one way that I think it could happen, and uh, you know, the, the, there was a game last weekend against the Cowboys, and essentially Paulo was the Terrible. only established Bad. first grade out there, and he looked shocking. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I haven't seen a South team for this week. I'm not sure if Isaiah Tass is playing, but the one way that I could see mm. it happening is is if Tass gets a start. I don't know if he's playing this week in the Charity Shield. I haven't had a look at the team list yet. But the only way I can see it happening is if he lands at right centre because he is traditionally he's always been a right centre. If he was to land there, then maybe Campbell Graham after. But I... I don't know what you what your guys' vibe is, but I've got a feeling that that position is Paulo's, almost regardless of how poorly he goes. I think they've already sort yeah. of made that decision. I think so too. I think it's set in stone, um, which is not it's what everyone terrible, wants to hear. Terrible for Supercoach. <laughs> no one wants to hear that, but uh, that's what it is. All right, boys, let's get into some booms, busts, and sleepers. We'll kick it off with booms. Guru, I want your favorite boom. So a guy that you think is going to increase their average from 2021 uh, for each position. Hooker, front row, forward, 2RF, halfback, 5-8, CTW, and fullback. Hit us. Okay, so we'll start at hooker, yeah? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hooker, I, I have two guys written down here. First one's really obvious. Um, Harry Grant, I just think that he gains mm-hmm. 80 minutes this uh, this year. I think he will jump up. A really obvious one there. But uh, my other one is Billy Walters. I think at, even playing 5'8", he is dual hooker 5'8". Uh, I sort of fucked around with where to put him, whether it's in the halves or at hooker. I decided to put him at hooker. 
I just really like how he's shaping up in that Brisbane team. And I think, uh, I, I, I do think as much as I think they'll play left and right, the way that I watch Walters play, I don't think he's going to be pigeonholed down one edge. And I think that he knows that uh, there's going to be some fireworks uh, down that right edge. So I'm really high on Billy Walters. I think he'll work really well off uh, Adam Reynolds and... I was filthy when someone took him in my comp. I said the whole time I wasn't going to put pick a hooker till the very end. Um, and just whilst we were watching the footy and I was watching Walters, I was just thinking, fuck, this guy's got this job, surely. Have and to, have yeah, to. Yeah, so yeah. I was devastated to miss out on him. Um, do, you, do you want me to keep going? Yeah, go, go yep. through all of them, mate. My front row forward, uh, I've gone I, really hard here. I mean vast majority of these guys average 50 points. The best ones average 65. Then you got Payne Haas. The one guy that I think isn't going to jump into Payne Haas territory, but I think he'll put himself between Haas and the rest is Adam Fanua Blake. I thought in his trial the other night, he only played 20 minutes, but he looks sensational. 20 minutes, though. Oh, mate, it was unreal. And and you know what? From what I saw on Twitter and everything, the super coach points weren't extremely impressive from it, but the eye test says to me, um, that he's going to be special this year. He's always been special AFB. It's just a matter of uh, putting it all together for me. Um, my second row forward, I've got two guys written down here. Oh, I, 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 I've got three guys written down here, and it all depends on what happens positionally. They're all in the same fucking team. The first one uh, on my knees, once again, Ruben Cotter. If he does get the 13 jersey, I think he could be a big improver. He's still banging his thumb out. Well, yeah. Look, I actually decided I wasn't going to draft him. I decided that there's just too much risk in it. So that's why I'm saying if he gets the 13 jumper, I think yep. it could be anything for him. But I'm getting less. As much as he's been named in the 13 this week, Tamalolo's not there. Mitch Dunn is still in the team. So it doesn't really lock it in for me. And then I also think these two Cowboys second rowers, Luki and Nanai, um, mm. I like the look of Lukey, but I've had a lot of people talk about that. Something else, aren't they? Those two. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're in a very average team. I understand mm. that. Um, I, to, to be honest with you, boys, I don't know how you guys went with this, but I found the front rowers and the second row forwards really difficult um, to try. I mean, the guys that I think are going to score a lot of tries this year are Ola Kawatu, Fafida, and um, Satili from the Roosters, who all scored a lot of tries last year as well. So I, I sort of found that the forwards pretty hard. Um into halfback, another one that I didn't find easy. I've gone with Sam Walker because apparently the news today is that he will keep the goal kicking all year, um, mm. which I think is a big plot. He's not he's not really a guy that I think is going to jump up massive in average, to be honest with you. But I couldn't really find a halfback that I thought, fuck, he's going to go up by 20-odd points this year. So I'll be very interested to hear who I you mean, guys have a boom, a boom can go. I mean, yeah, we're saying like increase average from last year, but even if you're just picking guys that you think that will really kick ass this year, that's a, that's a boom for us as well. Yeah, well, I mean, if I would have done this last week when you sent it to me, I was assuming Momorowski was going to be the kicker. So when I find mm. out it seemingly is going to be Walker, for me, that's sort of boom territory there. That I mean, straight away... I push Walker well and truly above Luke Keary if he's got the goal kicking, uh, which yep. I was a little bit on the fence with last week. Uh, my 5'8", I have got Kurt Mann. I thought that I could have put him as CTW yeah, or anything. Yeah. Um, I actually haven't looked at his average from last year, but, mate, from watching him in the first 25 minutes of that game uh, against Canterbury the other night, he is playing... It was a very Victor Radley sort of role, playing 13, but just controlling... The middle third, he was he was first receiver on just about 
every touch. You know, he, he was making tackles. He was getting involved. If it's not on, we know what Kurt Mann's like. He's too tough for his own good. He will take on the line. Injury is my only worry with Kurt Mann because he is too tough for his own good. But Kurt Mann is one at six. Uh, I already did mention Billy Walters at hooker. He's obviously a jewel there, so he's another one you could look at. Um, it's funny, though. I wouldn't have even considered Luke Mann. Luke Mann, good God. Kurt Mann, five days ago. Uh, but he really impressed well, he me the other night. He a couple of those boys, didn't he? Yeah. He, is, mate, it, is a tough little bugger. He's a tough little hombre, Kurt Mann. I really do like him. Um, center wing, obvious one here. I've gone Tago. Uh, I just, as much as he had a, you know, he, he doesn't ha- have a, a huge sample size from last year, I think he's going to be the one that really surprises people. Um, if he's not, I'm going to be filthy anyway, that's for sure. Um, fullback, another really obvious one, but I just think Pappy. Um, obviously, I drafted him, but I was pick four, so I had to draft him anyway. I would have gone him regardless of whether I drafted him or not. Uh, last year when he played 80 minutes and a, an average of 115, um, goal kicker at the Melbourne Storm, those numbers, they just talk for themselves for me. Yeah, 100%. No, I can't argue with any of those. Walker, what's the rub? Uh, they're, all, they're all good for me. Um, Hooker, we've got Cook. Like, yeah. we're, we're big on Cookie this season, especially with the type of play that the um, – the, the South team were going to be forced down. We're, we're thinking, yeah, there's going to be a lot of one-twos with Murray, and I think there's going to be a lot more attacking raids through the middle, which means line breaks, line break assists. And, um, yeah, I feel, I feel like there's going to be a fair bit to come from Cook this season, hopefully hitting a ton a few more times in the last few seasons. Um, Stefano in front row forward. Um, I feel like Udokamano is um, not Udokamano. Is it Udokamano? Yep. The whole mate, I pronounced it straight up. How good? Um, <laughs> I didn't even believe myself. I, I, I yeah, do you stopped so, yourself. You yeah, went, exactly. wait, wait a second, fuck. But, yeah, Stefano. He averaged fifty-two last season. I feel like yeah, with a with a more prominent role, and they're going to be using him a fair fair bit. He's really good close to the line, but great big body, amazing amount of talent, and obviously Fitler sees that as well, being brought into the um, the blue squad. So. Yeah, I think more and more things to come from him. Um, second row forward, the, the only thing we found difficult was separating these two, which was Olakowatu and Jordan Ricky. I think um, Ricky's going to be one of those guys that goes from, I think he scored seven tries last season. I think he's probably going to be going into the tens this season for sure. Um, Olakowatu, like I said um, before when I mentioned him, played uh, the first, first part of the season off the bench. So he's definitely in for an uplift no matter what. Um, for halfback, there's a few guys that we did mull around like Moses and and as an off-kilter one, Connor Tracy, that we think are going to definitely have a bit of an uplift. But as a genuine boom for a guy that we think he's going to go really well this season is Hines. We're, we're, we're sucking his dick all yep. season. It's probably not going to beat his average from last season because it was freaking ridiculous and a ridiculous side. But, um, yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who are um, – who are a little bit hesitant to take take on a guy who's gone to a team that hasn't got the attacking threat of the um, the storm. Um, moving through five eight, we've gone dual bags. Um, that average of fifty three from last season, I think he can easily build on that. He um, he he had fuck all in the in the way of triasis, and look, I feel like um, he's going to he's going to go from strength to strength, and I think the Eels will go a little bit better than they did last year. Um, it's going to be the last throw of the dice, I think. It's, um, I think, in the, with the current squad, I think they'll be going through a bit of a um, bit of a refurb um, in the next few years. 
after this year, especially with the loss of um, Moni uh, next season. Uh, CTW, we went Toops. Um, look, he, he's going to be in an absolute Ferrari position like he was last season. He's just going to be picked out left, right and centre. And then um, Kennedy at the back, at fullback. Um, we think that, yeah, a lot of a lot of good things are going to be happening at, at the Sharks. Um, both Hines and, and Kennedy, I think, will be a bit of a slow burn at the start of the season while the combinations are starting to figure themselves out. And um, once things get cranking, I think come round, um, round eight, up towards uh, Magic Round, uh, I think things are going to be absolutely humming for them. Okay, perfect. We got there in the end. Nice one, mate. Um, so, yeah, a few things that you mentioned there, which is bang on. I mean, the, the easy one is, is Stefano with a commando, 52. I think he can easily get up around that 60 mark for a front row forward. Um, Olakawatu sitting at a 58 average. I think his true average is around that 65, 66. Yeah, 66 so it was. Yeah, so that's where I see him sitting, even maybe even going uh, above and beyond that, because I really think that DCE Olakawatu um, combination is going to be sexy as fuck this year. Hines, I'm not going to say any more about him, sexy as fuck. Toops is a really interesting one. Now, I think Toops could be the third best CTW at the end of 2022 if it all works out on that left with Sam Walker and him. I think. He's the type of bloke that can really capitalize on what Sam Walker's about in attack. So I'm really, really interested in him. For you, Guru, I really, obviously, Grant, fantastic. I'm huge on AFB. It's just a shame that I don't give a fuck about front row forwards. But if I was going to draft front row forwards, he'd probably be one of the first ones that I'd get. Um, Lukey's an interesting one. Kurt Mann. I mean, we have to keep a close eye yeah, on him that, that this was, weekend. That was one. Like, we did our lists a, bit, a little bit early. Kurt Mann would have slipped in there somewhere for sure. Yep, 100%. Jewel, obviously, is very sexy. All right, guys, let's get into the seven busts. So we're going to do one for each position again. Get someone that you think is just going to shit the bed this season. One for each position. Guru, go. Mate, I, j- just before I get to that, I, I just wanted to throw in there, um, you know, I obviously had my plan to not go near front, fro- front row forwards. I kept at it. I didn't pick one until I think it was round 14. So I was very happy with that. But, mate, Adenfanua Blake was one in my comp that he did slip a little bit more than I anticipated. He went at pick 84. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah. He, and I, made, I, I, I kept looking at him and thinking, oh, he is value right now, but I want to get higher-end guys. I, I couldn't believe he slipped Fuck. that far. Yeah, so... That's wild. I mean, I it really... I mean, mate, Tohu Harris went 82. He, he went 84. Um, so yeah, I, I, I took a big gamble about three picks before he was taken. I went Kevin Naguama there. Uh, you know, could have gone Adam Vanilla Blake, but I, you know, I mean, if Adam Vanilla Blake averages 70 points with his high, high end potential, I can still get a front row that's going to average 50. So I ended up going Naguama, but yeah, AFB pick 84. He, it mate, I thought he would have gone potentially before 50, to be honest with you. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, we've, got, we've got him scraping into the top 50. So, yeah. look, I'm, surp- I'm surprised he fucking slipped that far. Yeah, Ooh. well, I, I probably thought he, he was he, he was the biggest sleeper of all, and I'm not sure. I mean, mate, there, there were front row forwards taken before him. James Fisher-Harris was taken. Uh, mm. You know, a couple of guys that – even second row forwards like like Jake Travojevic as well just didn't mm. make sense Wrong. to me. But What? Yeah, Wrong. it was it was a bit. Uh, yeah, obviously, I'm I'm looking at some of the names next to who picked who, but I mean, there was a lot of super coach <laughs> players. 
There was a lot of. They're listening. Uh, These blokes probably aren't, which explains a lot. Um, (laughs) But yeah, mate, there there, there was a lot of super coach players, a lot of good players that let Adam Fanua Blake go. So just an interesting one for all listeners to keep their ears eyes on Mm. for their draft. Value is value. Yeah, exactly. Always remember that. Always pop your head up through the draft. All right, let's go to bus for me. Um, Some of these guys, I think there's going to be a downturn in points. Other guys, I think they could be a bus because people will draft them off name. And I think there's a very good chance that they don't have a spot in their team throughout the season, which could really fist you on draft day. My hooker, mate, I think Jake Turpin is in a bit of Barney Rubble at the moment. Uh, Between Mm. Billy Walters. Isn't he what? Mate, fucking... When you look at the hooker position, as much as Jake Turpin isn't an absolute gun, if you're in a 14-man comp, there's only six hookers that you want. So Turpin, he might be 7th or 8th, but fuck, he's heaps better than 12th and 13th. Let me tell you that much for free. So Turpin, I mate, I, I don't think I would draft him, to be honest with you. Very, very late I would look at him, but I would assume that someone's going to take him around round 9, round 10 in a comp about my size. I... I, I I could have a look yeah, and see. You're going to be left holding your dick at the end of the day, wouldn't you? Well, mate, that's exactly it. I think there's a really good chance that he fucking misses out altogether and it, it could be a real pain in the ass for you. So Turpin, he was my hooker that I, I've got as a bust. Um, for the second row forwards, I just... I don't know which one of these it's going to be, but one of these guys will be a bust and one of them could potentially be a boom. And the CHN and Hudson Young thing... I just don't want to do it for where you're going to have to draft both of them because where they're going to get drafted is as 80 minutes second row forward because someone will think that's going to be CHN. Someone will think that's going to be Hudson Young. I just don't want to play Ricky Stewart roulette. I've got no fucking interest whatsoever. So one of them is going to be a bust. I don't know which one. And to be honest with you, I don't want to care enough to find out which one it is. So they're just a complete... (laughs) Avoid Fair. that. That that might have been better to put in the stay aways, but I think I've got a better one at staying away. Um, my front row forward bust, uh, <laughs> mate. Somehow he still went in the second round in my con, which blew me away. Do you know who it is? Can't be Isaiah Papali'i. Yeah, he still went in the oh, second round, which shit. blew me away. And the bloke that drafted him, uh, he actually took him last year when he thought he was Josh Papali in the last round. So, <laughs> so he's in love with him now. He's gone from round seventeen to round two. So I think that's he just a comfort thing for uh, for the old fella Gregory. Uh, but yeah, when I saw that name, I sort of. I had to politely just keep the giggle to myself, you know? Um, yeah, and, and he was actually the pick before me, so I was concentrating, hoping my guy doesn't go, and then my fucking 27th second rower I was looking at went, and I went, okay, that's a little that's a little chicken dinner for us. Thank you. Um, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, boys, every other year I've drafted, I've had really high-end good super coach players next to me on draft day. I only had one next to me. The other one, a, a, a guy that, you know, we're not normally thinking on the on the same wavelength. And fuck, if you're able to pick where you draft, it is seriously something to consider because God, it saves you some stress. Yeah. We, Wooker and I always um, seem to draft next to each other and it is actually really stressful. It's horrible because like, we, you'll fuck me up on one way and I'm going to turn yep. and I'll fuck you up. It's yep. like... It, it, it actually is the worst. Because when we're, when we're talking about players we're hyped up on, a lot of the time we're on the same, way, same wavelength and that's not good when you're trying to draft yeah. um, in the same comp next to one another. And if you're right next to each other, it's if you've got just at least one person in between you, 
you can regroup. You've got time to go. Mm, but if you're yeah. the one, you show the room that you're fucking cactus too as well, which always rattles me. Um, so that was my front row forward, Papa Lee. My halfback, uh, I've gone for CHT here. I think he's going to play the first two weeks at fullback and then... I'm not sure if there's a spot in the side for him realistically. I think that people will go him just because of his ability, but I just yep. don't think he fits into this Warriors jigsaw puzzle at the moment. I mm. think that Nick Arima's won the six jersey. I think that's pretty evident this so. week. Yeah, um, he played well. And, yeah. mate, if he goes back to reserve grade, I mean, I I, I think he will he's be too, in front of too, Ash Taylor. He's too, he's too good for reserve grade, though, isn't he? Oh, he is, but yeah, I mean, you, you can only pick seventeen blokes. You've already got a halfback. You've got a five eight. Um, yeah, I, I I just think it'll be a bit of a hassle for you. So I've got him as my bust simply because I don't know where he fits into this side. And mate, I mean, if we see the very best out of Ash Taylor as well, I mean, he could fall even an, another spot deeper. I probably think it's unlikely, but I wouldn't say it's impossible. So uh, six. Really interesting one here, and I'm sort of putting my balls out here. I might be wrong, but I just think he's going to miss the first few weeks, which personally doesn't overly worry me. But Dewey, when he comes back, I think he will play centre, and I think there's a really good chance he loses the goal kicking to Jacko as well. I know that Hastings is keen to take the tee. He's been practising. So Dewey is a bust for me, considering where you would have to take him. Um he's almost close to an avoid for me, to be honest with you, just because I don't trust the position that he comes back in. Is that as much of a spicy take as what uh, I think it is? Tick, 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 tick. That's literally what we had, and it's literally the points points that we had as well. So (laughs) I can just skip over uh, for a bit then. I probably am wrong then. Um, so <laughs> I, then, I then moved to my fullback and center wings. And the center wing that I've gone for, I've actually got him in fullback as well. And this will be another controversial one. I don't think you boys will push back on it. But for where you have to draft this center wing, uh, he is dual position fullback. And I think that will intrigue people even more, which plays into the busting for me. Tyrell Sloan, I just, I can't yeah. get around him. I can't. I can't rely on a kid to score a try every week to go over 50 in a team that I'm not expecting to play finals footy in a team that if they lose Ben Hunt, I just don't know what the fuck happens next, you know? So Sloaney went pretty early in our comp and uh, the guy that drafted him came up to me and said, what do you think? And I sort of went, oh, he's a good footballer. And he went, oh, that's all I needed. And he walked away and I went, thank God I don't have to have that discussion anymore because he's a shocking super coach player. As oh, yeah. far as I'm concerned. So, um, Sloan, I think he's going to be a really good player. I think he's going to have a great season. And I think that all the highlights he's putting up in the preseason uh, are going to lure some people in for some disappointment. Trap City. Yeah. My yeah. fullback uh, is another pretty obvious one, I think. Um, uh, last year, I was so high on AJ Brimson. He mm. disappointed me then. Moving to 5'8, I think a lot of people will g- grab him. At, 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 obviously, he's a dual. Fullback 5'8", but I just think AJ Brimson, I just can't see it mm. happening at six, to be honest with you. Uh, he's obviously the guy that they're going to turn to in this team. He's the most experienced in the halves by a country mile, and I think he's played 45 games or something like that. So, I mean, it could work absolute, out. Absolute, absolute veteran in the um, in that tournament. Well, mate, I, yeah, he's, he's Papa Smurf up there at the moment, AJ Brimson, which is a scary thought. Um, but, yeah, for me... I just didn't want anything to do with him. He was another one that when I saw him go off the waiver, off the draft board, I just went, yep, beautiful. That's one less. Uh, that's one more guy gone that I didn't even want to consider. Mate, where, I, where, I, where, would, where would he have to fall for you to have considered him? Uh, 
Honestly, mate, uh, can, considering that I had Pappy at fullback and I refused to pick halves until round nine or round ten, he would have mm. had to have fallen that far for me to look at. Mate, I, honestly, I took Ilias and I, uh, being a dual halfback 5'8", I would rather that than 5'8", than, than, than fullback. I probably would have gone Ilias before him, which is a bit of a gamble. I understand that. But fuck, AJ was so disappointing last year and he's in the most relevant position to score super coach points in, in a team that they finished eighth. It's not like they were third last. They finished eighth. Uh, moving to 5-8, I, I can't trust him as far as I can throw him. I, I, I Look, at that list you just put up, I can't push back against any of that. I'm, no. I'm totally on board with all of them. Walker, what have we got for the rub? All right, so for Hooker, we've gone McInnes. Um, we just feel like the game itself has changed a lot since he, he had his injury. And yeah, I'd we just think that yeah, he's not he's not that high ceiling type of player. And look, it's it's gonna be a different different type of game with different minutes that he's gonna be playing and it's not gonna it's not gonna mean that he's gonna get back to what he um was at, what he averaged in I think it was twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, McInnes at McInnes at Hooker. Um front row forward, we've gone um TKO. Um, we feel like he's going to be a bit of a bust. I mean, he was a bit of a bust last season. And I think, it, um, look, the front row forwards is probably the one area of the Roosters that like, Natty and I are just not looking at at all. Um, it, it's definitely an area where I think the minutes are going to be shared a lot and minutes are going to be managed a lot as well because you've got a couple of guys long in the tooth. Um, we'll talk about one a bit later. And look, Collins is coming back from that ACL. I feel like there's... There's a there's a lot to be said about about how that team's going to be structured um, in the front row. Um, second row forward, um, you can always put this as the bust that um, personally I've got every year is kick out. Yeah, I I am I am so against kick out as a super coach player. Um, it's not funny, but one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. That's real. He and actual NRL is fucking amazing. So um, he's one that I enjoy to watch, but not to own in Supercoach. Um, halfback, we've gone um, SJ and, and Adam Reynolds. So SJ, we were pretty high on. Um, the feel-good factor, he's all happy and all that at training. But after speaking with um, NRL physio, Brian, um, he's given us a bit of a reality check on on like the injury risk and, um, and what what the output is expected from SJ and look, he's got a bit of a busted body and look, um, it's just a risk that you don't really want to be taking, but you could be getting some decent value at, um, if you get him at the right spot, which I think is going to be outside the top 50, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, and then Adam Reynolds, look, he, he averaged, what was it? 22 points in goal kicking. Yeah. He got a 58 in a team that was beating teams by 50 and that was with 20 to 22 points in goal kicking. He's it, just not going to have that sort of output with the goal kicking at the Broncos. No. And yeah, it's just, it's, 
I think people are going to get a little bit whipped up in the I'm, whole. I'm, I'm hyped up, and, yeah. and I think I think he's going to I go. Hope you well. take him. I think he's I think his attacking output's going to go up. You should draft him. His attacking output's going to go up, but it's definitely not going to go up by as much as he's going to lose in goal kicking. So, yeah, I, I feel like there's there's going to be a few people left a bit um, red faced on that. We were, like I said before, we were the same as you, Dirks, on, um, uh, sorry, Guru, on Dewey. He's he's going to be a definite bust this season. Um, I think the type of role that he plays in the team um, relies heavily on a, on fleet of footwork and coming back from an ACL is always a bit difficult, as Maddie, you know, um, very well. Right. And losing, losing the goal kicking is going to be huge. Yeah, Probably not, not, not as huge as Reynolds, but, um, yeah, pretty big. Center wings, very interesting that you didn't pick Gay Guy. Um, going from an absolute Ferrari position on the left center at South and moving to the Knights, I think there's going to be at least 10 to 15 points drop in, um, in output. Um, I think he'll gravitate back towards that, that 55 average, 50 to 55 average player that he'd normally be at center wing. And um, we did mention there's a stack before, but um, Alex Johnston as well at center wing i think there is going to be some regression in his scores and he might be a bit of a bust if you're if you're bringing him at, the, at that average fullback um we did have aj brimson there but um we've gone for dufty and rapana as potential um busts as well so rapana played a lot of um a lot of games at fullback last season i think with Xavier savage playing so well um i feel like he'll get his chance through the year um uh, if when and if or if he doesn't beat CNK to the race come round one, um, if CNK does go down, I think Savage will get his his role. And um, Dufty looked really good. Uh, I'm not going to lie, um, but I just feel like he's he's there for a season. Um, going to be there for for another season. We just don't know. Um, I think they might be experimenting a bit in that team um, like they were last season. So like you said, Wooker, McInnes, I think people are really whipped up on McInnes thinking that he's going to come straight into this team, play 80 minutes at, at lock, and that's going to translate into that sort of 73, 76 points. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he plays 80 minutes. I think, um, you know, obviously he's going to be a tackle bot. He's going to be getting those base stats, but also they might using him, use him as a link man as well. We've talked about that ball playing uh back row of that lock spot being the link man it just doesn't translate into super coach points so there's that as well so i think he's a massive bust i love that adam reynolds call of him being a bust i just think yeah like you said Walker, people are getting whipped up there in brisbane about adam reynolds coming to the side and yes he will be fantastic for the side in real life rugby league i just don't think that's going to be great for super coach dewey's an easy one that's a huge fucking bust for me going throughout the preseason he has just dropped again and again and again down my list now he's barely on my fucking list at all so yeah now nah, and for you guru i really liked obviously isaiah Papali is a massive one i can't believe he went so early in your draft the chn young conundrum like you said let's just not have that as a stressful situation don't target either of them you don't want that on your plate um and toros loan People are getting whipped up with this kid. And sometimes the lines get blurry between, oh, fuck, this kid is a young gun. He's amazing. He's going to be so good in three years. Yeah, he might be. We're talking about 2022 here. We're talking about him coming into this dragon side that should be in the bottom four, about him being a super coach option. 
and it just it, it there's two different worlds there and people need to realize that yeah, no, I, I, I liked all your picks. Uh, I thought Gagai was a fantastic one. He honestly didn't even come across my radar, but that's probably uh, pick of the bus, I think, just quietly. I think he finished last year with a 68 average, just had a look at it. Um, I, I will tell you, though, I disagree on one of them. Uh, one of them I've actually got as one of my sleepers. Should I get stuck into them? Let's go, sleepers. Let's this go. Is I love this. I love oh, this. this. All right. Can't wait to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, my sleeper at hooker, uh, a guy that he's going to need to have a little bit go his way, but I think you could get him really late. And if things do go his way, which I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility, Tommy Starling, I think if you get him late as a bit of a gamble, uh, he could turn into a top five hooker so easily. It's not even funny. There's a couple of scenarios where this could happen. Josh Hodgson, he is not going to be at the Raiders next year. We've spoken about this before. I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up leaving at some point if he goes to another club that needs a hooker. Not many good hookers in rugby league. Ricky Stewart, he's not going to have him next year. I would argue they're better with Tommy Starling anyway. Uh, if Josh Hodgson gets injured, he is getting older, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of things that could happen to him. Uh, it is a punt, but as a sleeper, I think Tom Starling could be anything. I, I would also have mentioned Walters, but I had him in my booms because I think he will rise a lot. But Starling, I think he's one that you could take a punt on. Um, second row forward sleepers. There were so many to choose from. I've sort of gone with the one that I think has probably the most high end potential. Um, I drafted him. I think it's unlikely, but I'm not saying I'm not ruling it out yet. Jack Howarth, if he ends up at right center for the Melbourne Storm, which I can see oh, a, a lot world. of things have to go his way, surely. What's that? A lot of things that have to go his way, surely. I mean, yeah. Um, what has to go his way? They they signed Remus, Remus Smith as a winger in the first place. Branko Lee then got injured, so they shift Remus into the centres. The guy that was outside him, I mean, there's a fair argument that he bombed that prelim final for him last year, mm-hmm. Jennings. I, you know, I, I agree with you. I think they will go Remus Smith, and I think they will go Jennings. But mate, they just signed this kid on a five-year deal. Mate, they had three immortals there for 15 years. They never signed any of them to a five-year deal. They are really high on this kid. I mean, maybe I'm reading into it a little bit too much because I, I am a little bit biased that I do have him, but he's a guy that I think at some point, if he gets an opportunity, I don't think he, he will let go of it personally. Uh, so one to keep an eye on. He is, I think he will be the next guy up to play centre. Um, there was an interview with Ryan Hoffman during that game the other day and they were talking to him about the back rowers and he named about four or five guys and Jack Howarth wasn't one of them. So I think he's sort of locked into a centre spot. If he can get an opportunity at centre playing 2RF in your Supercoach team and he's in the Melbourne Storm back line outside Jerome Hughes, personally, I think that could be anything. Does need a lot of things to go his way, but... That's why I've got him as a sleeper because you can get him very late. I think that's a fantastic pick. Um, My sleeper in the front row forward, once again, similar to when I picked AFB, your good ones get 50, your great ones get 65. Uh, Aaron Penne, I just think there's a lot of mouths to feed at the Warriors, no doubt Mm. about it. But if anything happens to AFB or Lodge, I personally think this guy could become one of the top shelf front rowers. I think he could become one of the top shelf forwards in rugby league. I'm very high on Penne. He will go very late. People will get worried. How did the storm let him go? Uh, honestly, yeah, I, I would say that if Tui Kamakamika behaves, 
Uh, they wouldn't be as uncomfortable with letting him go, but how it's all played mm. out, I mean, it's a miracle that they've managed to keep Nelson, let's be perfectly honest here. Yeah. If they yeah, would have lost true. him, it would have been a massive bed shitting. Uh, my seven is a guy that I really wanted, didn't get my hands on. We mentioned that Dewey was a bust. I think Jackson Hastings, he could be a sleeper. Dual position guy. Uh, he's going to run the ball. He's going to do a lot of kicking as well, I think. He's going to be a guy that's going to want the ball in his hands on last tackle. He's not afraid to take a risk, Jacko. Goal kicking, as I said. He's a good defender as well. I, I think he'll average about 25 to 30 base stats. So Hastings, I think that people will look at him and go, oh, he's, he's that dickhead from a couple of years ago. Uh, I wouldn't try and push back on any of that when you're talking to your friends and the people in your draft. Let that run. <laughs> And I, I would take I, – I think you could get really good value on him. The guy that took him in my comp, he took him about two rounds earlier than I would have. And then I sort of looked and went, you know what, I still think he, he could get value there. So I'll, I'll obviously highlight that with saying I might be a little bit biased on Jacko, but he's one that I'm high on. Uh, my six, I've got Lachlan Ilias. Uh, I don't think people are expecting – all too much out of him and I've sort of tried to keep myself a little bit tempered on all podcasts because I knew I was going to go late on a half or 5-8 uh, you look at the scores from last year they're not overly impressive one game scored a try I think he got 27 or 37 or something like that so not great when he scored a try uh, against the Dragons as well but Ilias is a guy that I've watched come through in New South Wales Cup. I've watched him play a bit of footy. He's got a bit more of a running game to him than what people are talking about. I still think South Sydney will have enough games where they win by 30 or 40 points. I think that as much as I think they're going to drop off the top four teams, I still think they'll bully the bottom 12, essentially. Uh, so he's a guy that I'm keen on, Elias. I've drafted him very high on him. I think there's good value there. Got two spots left. Have you worked out who my guy is that I think is a bit of a sleeper? What do we have here? I've been paying attention, to be honest. Yeah, that's good to know. My fullback, actually, I'll do my centre wing first. Yeah. I'll do my centre wing first. Uh, this is a guy that I drafted as well, and I was keen on him before draft, but talking to Tim Williams the other night, who obviously his brother is Sam Williams, who's in the Canberra Raiders system, he's told me that Matty Tomoko, he is locked in for the right centre spot oh, at the Canberra Raiders. I love this. So, I love this as a hot take. Yeah. Oh, you need to be pushing him well and truly up your boards there um, yes. in games Tomoko. that he plays 80 minutes you're I'm looking on this kid mate you're, you're looking at about a 35 base stat average and and I think in three games he went 40 plus base stats uh didn't score a single try last year played a lot of game he played what two games for less than 40 minutes he finished with, with an average of 43 points. Uh, so the upside there is huge. Didn't score a Fuck, single try that. in his, what is it, eight games, ten games? And he played, and of those eight games, what, 20% of them he played less than 40 minutes with a 43-point average. So base stats, mm. obviously we want guys with high attacking upside, and as much as he hasn't scored a try yet, I think that when he starts to score one, I think he'll score a couple in a few weeks. So Matty Tomoka, he's my CTW, and... Uh, one that I am very, very happy that I've managed to get my paws on. I think I got him round 12 in a 14-man comp. So pretty fucking deep there to yeah, get a guy that's like very him. deep, mate. That's yeah. lovely. lovely. Um, and he, he was a classic. The bloke that was the, the direct pick after me, big Canberra Raiders fan, had him loaded in. 
Um, and yeah, oh, that's even like, sweeter. Yeah, wasn't wasn't good for him. He'll be listening to this and that'll be singing. <laughs> but, uh, in saying that, I think he he actually knew what I didn't. He knew that he was locked in, and I think he might have assumed that other people didn't, which I didn't. To be fair, I just took a punt on him. Uh, but yeah, I think that one might hurt him a little bit this year. Now my sleeper, and I understand why you put him as a bust, but for me, I look at all the fullbacks and. I don't put him as a top six, seven guy. I've probably got him at eight or nine, but I think that the drop-off after him, as far as ceiling goes, is so huge, it's not even funny. So I would have Matt Dufty as my sleeper fullback. Ideally, I don't want to take him, but if you miss out on those first six gun fullbacks, which in a deep league, the vast majority of your competition will, I think he is the only guy that will be left on the board who plays fullback that can potentially achieve those high scores. I think he got 400s last year in a Dragons team that wasn't overly crash hot. There's a good chance this Bulldogs team won't be crash hot too, but I watched them the other night and they absolutely went like a busted asshole. They had one attacking play and Canterbury being Canterbury with just no fucking idea what to do. They just got the ball to Dufty as quickly as they could. Um, and he came up with something. He took an intercept or caught a drop ball or something before. I just think that whenever they get into space, yeah. he'll be the guy they look for. So And he th- threw, threw a nice little um, try assist as well. So yeah, and, look, and- he, he's, he's got that, that in him as well. He's that nice little long cut-out ball. He can do it left, he can do it right. He floats both sides of the field, so... Look, I, I, I'm big on Dufty. It's just there's there's a lot of unknowns as to whether he will play the full season. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But I, I just think if you don't get one of those big six or seven, uh, he's probably the next guy that I that I, I'm I'm going to back in. But exactly as you said, Wook, if you're one of those people that doesn't think he's going to stay in this team, which mate, you, you quite possibly could be spot on then he isn't the guy for you. But uh, he, he was a punt that I was willing to take if I would have got. A Nathan Cleary with my first pick. My plan was to get Dufty later. He was going to be my guy because I was going to stack elsewhere and know that Cleary mm. was going to be my skipper. Mate, I, look, I think we just need to go back to the Tomoko call. I mean, yeah. if that's the only thing you get out of this podcast, yeah. it's that you're is, coming that away is, lovely. Is, talk, talk about value, value, like Jesus. Oh, God, I'm sleeping well tonight. I'm sleeping mm. real well. I might well, actually mate, cut... Mate, I'm, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut so, this I'm, out of the podcast. I'm going to no, cut this no, whole I, section I'm, out so I'm, no one can listen to it that's in our league. I'm going to cut it out. I'm sleeping and... with one eye open when it, when it comes to Dan Buckle where we're drafting. I'll tell you what. <laughs> now, you I, I will just open. say this. If I get to round one and Tomoko is not in the fucking team, there could be an atrocity occurring on <laughs> beers and break-evens just quietly because he has yeah. got me very, very fucking excited, Timmy Williams. And every time I sort of say... Are you sure there's other guys? He goes, mate, nah, he's locked in. He's like, there's just, in his mind, there is no way that he could fall out of this team. So, very Love interesting. That. I thought that Sebastian Chris had that spot. You, you thought a lot of things in your life, Walker, and you've been wrong on most of them. So, that's that, that means nothing. Yeah, I have to admit, when I first met you, I thought you were a good bloke. And <laughs> we, all, we all saw what happened there. And then, and then you realise I'm a fantastic fucking bloke. Oh, now, give whatever. us some sleepers, mate. And do it quick, smart. Let's fucking right. get up and about, Wooker. Let's get all some right, pace mate. in this. All right. Hooker, Billy Walters, uh, front row forward, Jai Arrow, 
to our ref Satili <laughs> halfback. We went with you, Wacko Jacko, Guru, so you'd be happy with that. Right, 5-8, we went a bit off kilter. We went uh, Connor Tracy, CTW, DWZ, throwing from the fucking sideline there. Um, fullback, Dylan Edwards. Couple there that's really sexy, isn't it, Wooker? I mean, first up, Billy. Wilson I don't know. I don't know. Up. I haven't had a chance to fucking absorb it yet. Yeah, well, I mean, it's fine to talk about him, but like, let's let's not give war and peace with every single player. We've, oh, I mean... <laughs> it's all right. You don't have a fucking. I'll, do quick. I'll, I'll, I'll show you how it's done, mate. I'll show you how it's done. Okay, right, so Jacko okay. was obviously the same as you, Guru. Tracy's a really interesting one. Big 5A and CTW Jewel. I think he's going to get a lot of ball on that left edge outside your boy Moiser. Edwards is the one for me. I think coming off that 58 or 59 average, playing the most of the season under an injury cloud, I think he can bump that up into the low 60s, maybe even back to that 65. He's one of my favorite sleepers in the fullback position. So we'll go that really played, quick. played with a number of injuries last season. So if you, if you haven't listened to our, our pod with um, NL physio Brian um, Sini, he, like he, he definitely said that he, he's definitely going to be uplifting his both his performance as well as output and yeah i feel like he's definitely one of the biggest sleepers he's very sexy and arrow's a, a good one we've, we've talked a lot about arrow in in the preseason haven't we walker yeah absolutely front row forward dual eligible we don't even need him to get 80 minutes even if he gets 60 on the edge there i think that's going to be a great value play at your front row forward spot guru what are your thoughts yeah uh dylan edwards i, I agree interesting one it's like picking a uh One's one, one, one bloody scoop of uh, vanilla ice cream just quietly. I, I thought you'd go a little bit more rogue there. Or we could have gone CNK or something like that. Ooh. No. Yeah, I just no. think no one's, talk, no one's talking about it. No one's ever talking him. about him, yeah. He had a very, very down season last year, and I think that's probably one of the reasons is people are probably thinking more of the same next year. Is yeah, he, I just haven't heard his name. Is he the new Jared Croker where we call him underrated, underappreciated for a decade? but no one seems to change their opinion on him? Probably. Mm, yeah. Probably. I, I, I honestly think that he can get – well, to, I, I'm pretty confident he gets at least a 60 average in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. So looking at like a four to five point up, up left. Yeah, exactly. And I think just the, the, the fact that nobody's fucking talking – I haven't read his name unless it's on our run sheet, to be honest. So no one's even putting him in their drafts. So – one of my favorites one of my favorites all right guru give me one absolute stay away a guy that it doesn't matter where he slips it could be the best value in the world and you're like nah i'm not doing it all right this is going to be rapid fire the bus that couldn't slow down at hooker i'm going for Aaron clark uh i think he's been given the nine jersey it's been spoken about you go and look at his stats they're just terrible i think people once again will be keen to find a hooker and they'll end up going him late mate i was sitting there in round 17 looking at his stats going Honestly, I would rather take a punt on fucking anyone else. He could play 80 minutes and get 35, Aaron Clark. So that's I'd a hard pass from me. I'd be putting a stash for Booth. No, oh, mate, a stash for Booth or Tanner Boyd. Either of the two. Yeah. I would rather draft them over him knowing that he is going to be the hooker because I think it's a matter of time. Uh, my second row forward is a guy that has had a heap of potential for a very long time. Jazz Tavega, I just don't think there's going to be an opportunity for him in this Warriors side. I see that he's at Jersey 14 for the trial this weekend. I think Wade Egan's going to be the starting nine. I think if it's not going to be Wade Egan, they probably move a Cody Nicarima or Chanel Harris-Tavita there. I think that once Tohu Harris comes back into this side, 
Jazz is almost obsolete. He might be the best points per minute player that is a forward in rugby league, but he just doesn't get the minutes. For me, he's going to be more of a headache this year than he ever has been. And I'll tell you something for free. I've had my fair share of fucking jazz headaches over the years. <laughs> my front row forward... He did, he did make it into my thing last year at one point. So. Yeah, it's a nightmare. It's a fucking walking tough nightmare. Um, my front row forward, I assume, will be the same as you guys, so I might leave him. If you guys talk about Jared Rare Hargraves, have you guys got the same? Yep. Yes. Yep. Actually, okay. we went real lazy. We just picked one player. We didn't go through each position. <laughs> oh, did you really? So you've, done, you've done the hard work. So okay. can continue, Gary. I love this. You've gone above and beyond. Okay, my halfback, Chad Townsend, up at the North Queensland Cowboys. I can't imagine too many people were keen on him, but if anyone's blind, buying into the rhetoric, new club, new me, new fucking live, laugh, love, whatever the fuck it is, no thank you, no Chad for me. <laughs> Um, 5'8", I've got Bud Sullivan. I just don't think he's going to find a spot in this side. I think Mozambai is going to step in at hooker, halfback, 5'8", or fullback, probably before Bud Sullivan, unfortunately. So I think it's going to take two injuries for him to get into this side, and I just can't really see it playing out. But where he's probably going to get drafted, I thought he went a little bit too early in my comp. Um, My winger, I'm sure you'll fucking agree with this one, Charlie Shitstains. Miss me. Miss me. Is he gonna? Is he gonna get a start? Miss me. Who cares? Who yeah, cares? Even if he it does, doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. He's he's he, either a, a thirteen point player or he, he scores three tries and gets and get the cunt. The cunt could play hundred and sixty minutes a week. I still wouldn't take him. Yeah, I'm. Mm. Yeah, I, one one sleeper we didn't mention is is Talon May. I think that he will mm. get that right wing spot. If he doesn't, he will get it soon. He's one guy to stash for sure. But Staines, don't even look at him. Uh, no. Fullback for me, I've gone with Blake Taff. Uh, I He's going to play the first week, obviously, with Latrell out. Then he's going to become the 14, and I just I think that people are going to you know, think about last year and see how impressive he was then. I just think you are going to have to wait for an injury for this guy to get in, and I think it's going to have to be to Latrell. I think they're going to stick with Lachlan Elias the whole year. I don't see a world where they swap him. Uh, for Blake Taff, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they got a tough start of the season, but I just can't see them picking Ilias, making him the guy, then dropping him in the first four weeks. After the four weeks, they play Dragons, Bulldogs. It's an absolute shit show, and, and I'll back Ilias to bounce back then and then hold that jersey for the season. So for me, uh, Taff, he's a bit of an avoid for me this season. Yeah, look at that. Heavy lifting from the guru. I love that. Okay, well, could give me your one player. I can't believe you pick one. I'm going to go three. Uh, I'm not going to go to all oh. positions. Uh, but, I mean, actually, I'll go two because Moylan's an obvious. Uh, Moisa is an absolute stay away every season. Um, Dewey, we mentioned him before as, as a bit of a I can hear the tears hitting the ground. Yeah, I'll tell you what, they are fighting words, boys. <laughs> <laughs> If, if we're if we're if we're picking up players based on potential, he's a first pick. I'm afraid um, his body just doesn't meet the mustard. So um, the other guy you mentioned him before, Warrior Hargreaves. I think he is an absolute stay away. I think he's that broken. they're going to be managing his minutes right. to the to the second. I would yeah. even put. Uh, like, I would put Rhea Hargraves first, obviously, but I wouldn't have TKO that far behind him, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, and, th- and that's why we had TKO as a bust, and we've got J- um, Rhea Hargraves as a... Um, Both of them riddled with niggling injuries. Um, yeah. And like you said, Wooker, they will manage those injuries, especially at the start of the season. You know, like, they'll have JWH coming hot into the finals. And even um, and even Collins is coming back with the ACL. 
Yeah. Like it's a like they're going to be leaning on guys like Fafita and all that. Oh, that what about um, your boy Tony? Fafita Baker. You haven't mentioned him. What about Renault for Tony, the best center at the Sydney Roosters? Yeah, he's got the three on his back for for the Roosters. <laughs> you keen on him? <laughs> Silence, idiot. Um, for me, it's Dewey. It's fucking Dewey. It, he's actually got to the point now where I don't care where he where he pops his head up in the draft. I'm not touching him. I just think it's fraught with danger. Coming back from an ACL, I'm just going to go back to that whole blanket rule that I have. Don't touch an ACL guy coming back mid-season. Not doing it. Like I said, Guru, I'm on your page as well with him coming back, playing center, not having the goal kicking because Jacko's going to have it. So he's a stay away from me. Do not fall into the Dewey trap with that 77 average. Um, all right, boys, quick fire now. So the next one is top five jewels outside the top 30. When we're talking about top five, 30 that's the thir- first 30 guys you think that will go in the draft give it to me guru uh so i went through my actual draft and the other day went through the top 30 guys and then i went through all the next guys there were a couple of jewels that i skipped over because they didn't overly appeal to me but the ones that did uh josh schuster i think he's a very interesting one he's obviously got upside if he plays 5-8 at some point we'll miss the first few weeks but uh, for when it matters, he will be playing 80 minutes for me. Kurt Mann, he was a guy that he got drafted mm. recently early, and at the time I thought, ugh, I don't know about it. But watching him on Monday night, mate, it's got me very, very excited, as I said. So Kurt Mann's a really good get. The next one is Jack Bird. I do like this pick. Pending what position he plays, I probably think that when Josh McGuire returns, I think Moose will go into the front row. I think that JDB will go to 13, and I think Jack Bird will go to an edge, probably on the right edge Ooh, instead of Jaden yeah, Sewer. So that's nice. I mean, yeah. ideally, you want Bird playing 13. If he's playing second row, I still think there is a heap more upside in that and a jewel that is worth having. I've got so. Jackson Hastings here as well, 7-6. slash I think he's going to be very handy this season. That dual position is very good. Cobo, one slash center wing is another one I'm very keen on. And then I've got Tago as well. Uh, I put him in there and Nick Arima. If he has won that 5'8 jersey, which seemingly he has, a hooker slash 5'8, two pretty Ooh. grim positions this year. Uh, that's will really the, come in That's handy. the king of jewels. Yeah. Hooker, 5'8. Yeah. That's the one. All right, Wooker, what do we got? What's our top five? All right, so we, we split it up into top fives in the, the forwards, halves, backs, and then just just the top five total. So forwards, um, Connor Watson, Joey Tappanay, um, Big Tino, Jai Arrow, and Ruben Cotter as slash Alex Twole. Um, and then the halves, we've got Wacko Jacko. We've got Kurt Mann after that awesome performance on the weekend. Um, Connor Tracy. Um, whoever ends up partnering SJ in the halves. Um, so be it Ash Taylor, CHT, Nico. We obviously think it's going to be Nico to start the season. Uh, and then Billy Walters slash Albert Kelly, whoever gets that 5-8 um, that spot. And then into the backs, we've got Joey Manu, Ewan Aitken. I think he, he's going to be, have an absolute cracker of a season as well. Um, Jack Bird, you mentioned before. DWZ, which we mentioned before, and then uh, Corey Thompson as well, who, who's just a, a mainstay in that, um, that Titans team, a bit of a journeyman. I, I will had- say this just quickly. Out of all the guys you said, uh, the only one that went in our top 30 uh, was Connor Watson. He went, I think, 27. Mm-hmm. Someone's a believer. Yeah. Yeah. If we had to boil it down to just a top five, I think it goes Connor Watson, Jackson Hastings, Ewan Aiken, Billy Walters, 
and then probably at the moment Kurt Mann from that performance on the on the weekend. Sorry. And, and, and have you got Aiken the... outside of your top thirty? Do you? Yes. Jesus. Okay. Yes, You've got him inside your top thirty. That's mental. I that is, um, that's yeah. wild. That's 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 big, bro. That's big. I feel you, like this is oh, that's right. You got him too. in your second round. Yeah, well, mate, I just thought at twenty five. I didn't think I'd I'd be able to get him again. I've had a lot of pushback on it, but I, I mate, I, I anyway, I, I feel like I'm seeing something something different. Than everyone else, his scores at second row were unbelievable, but. Yeah, well, I, it's not going to disappoint you. Yeah, but it's just it's a. I'd be going a bit more high ceiling at that point in the draft. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about this when we go through our draft sides. <laughs> I'll save it. I'll holster that one because I'm getting yeah. very upset over here. Okay. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. <laughs> it's a good team. It's a good team. All right, let's let's jump straight into the the five man crushes. So when I talk about man crushes, I'm talking about the arousal factor, and I've talked about this at nauseam throughout the preseason. It's really something you have to bring into your strategy when you're drafting players. It's guys that you enjoy watching, guys that you're sitting back, you've cracked a Mark Tinicello, and you're going, "Fuck yeah, I'm watching Brian Todd. This is gonna be a good night." Or I've got little puppy, or someone that's really going to excite you when you're trying to divvy up two players and they're really close in their value and their predicted average and whatnot, it should be the guy that excites you more that gets the pick. So give us your top five man crushes for 2022, Guru. Uh, well, yeah, I sort of did mine a little bit differently, not the sort of highlight guys, just the guys I have got a little man crush on. So Ruben Cotter, I had to put him at the very top. I have gone a little bit cold on him, uh, but if he is named in the 13, uh, you can bet your dick I will be riding him all over again. Cotter... I've got Tago, I've got Matty Tomoko, Staggs, Nilius, all guys that I drafted because I think there's going to be value there. And, uh, yeah, they're guys that I'm very keen to see this season. Ooh, yum. All right, mm. what do we got? All right, so th- this, will, this will be uh, no secret to the Rub listeners, but um, Connor Watson, we're obviously huge on him. Sammy Walker, uh, big on what he was able to do before he had those niggling back issues. Um, Joey Joey Manu, he's an absolute freak, especially when he plays when he plays in like positions where he can get his hands on the ball more often. Hashtag roaming role. Um, Nico Hines, or obviously big on him, and I think money bags is the biggest man crush. It's it's season after season. He does it to me every year. Yeah. Um, this year that mo that that rig. My God, and the luscious locks as well. He's that he's that side girl. You just can't you just can't shake. Oh, it's just like you, you think you you think you're past that. You think you you're done with the bad boys, and then then he just rocks <laughs> up at preseason. You know, gives what, it, we, gives, it, gives you that look. Where we're sitting in the uh, in the Legends League, we'll have him again this season. I guess. Oh, I think so. I think so. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. All right, boys, I'm going to fire some quick fire questions at you. I'm going to give you two players. You just give me who you will draft first. Are these just right, one so word answers? Just one word answers. We'll okay. go one fucking word answer, please. All right, done. Okay, so I'll go Guru first, then we'll go, then I'll fish it up. All right? Yeah. Turbo Cleary. Turbo. 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 Teddy, little puppy. Pappy. Teddy. Teddy. Cowards. Cowards. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, uh, Cody Walker or Mad Dog Munster? Munster. I don't even need to answer that. Next. One fucking no. word, you useless. Munster. One word. Munster. Munster. He doesn't, he doesn't get it, bro. Doesn't he doesn't fuck. get it. Good God. Hines, DCE. Hines. 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 To'o, Garrick. 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 
Garrick. Kennedy, Gutho. Kennedy. Come on, I can hear you, Vagina. Kennedy as well. <laughs> Kennedy. What about Kennedy and Walsh? Walsh. Kennedy squared. Kennedy. What about Gutho v. Ponga? Gutho. Ponga. Ponga. Sam Walker versus Kiri. Sam Walker. 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 V. Lomax. Toops. 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 Stags v. Lomax. Stags. Stags too. Stags. TPJ v. Haas. <laughs> Pain ass. Yeah, ass. Ass. Burton v. Luai. Luai. Burton because the jewel. Burton. But Jules. No, no, no. I mean just Burton because I don't, I, I don't rate, I don't rate. <laughs> One word. Yes, in. yes, yes. Shush. Gussie v Fafita. 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 Oh, we've, we've already touched on that. Maddo v Murray. Murray. Oh, for the upside. Maddo. One word, bro. One word. AFB v JFH. Trick question. Oh, AFB James. V- sorry, v- I, I read Jodie Hargrave. Sorry. One word. AFB. <laughs> Yep. Uh, AFB. Dylan Brown versus SJ. Dill Brown. I want Dill Bags too. Dill Bags. Very close though. All right. Well done. I mean, yeah, a little bit of confusion there about the whole one word answer thing, but we got there at the end. Um, all right. So to finish up, I want to know your five draft tips for people to take away from this podcast guru and jot it down in their little black book and look back on it of the morning of their draft and just go, okay, I need to stick to these. Yeah, look, uh, I would say you need to go high ceilings early. Uh, the game has changed. Uh, and I know there's going to be an argument that I went Aitken second, but I knew I was going to get Katoni Staggs third, so I knew I was going to go Pappy Staggs each week, and I knew I'd get Tago late and everything. So more like my whole strategy was to leave – Leave hooker. I didn't pick a hooker till the very end. And, mate, I'm in a 14-man draft comp. I look at the waiver wire and there are three hookers that I can get 40 points from still just sitting there. So I'm more than happy just to grab one of those guys over the next few weeks. Um, If you – for me, and this might be controversial, if you don't get Nathan Cleary, I think you are drafting every other seven and six at overs. I really do think you are. For me, I think you should set your sights on an Ilias, a Hastings, a dual position seven six. Get them round eight, round nine in a deep league and then wait till the end to grab someone else. Uh, I just think, I mean, uh, obviously my pick two was controversial, but like um, Ben Hunt went in round two of ours. I mean, I, I, I just didn't really see the value in that, to be honest with you. And I think a lot of people sunk a lot of value into halves uh, and it just doesn't pay dividends for them. Uh, front rowers, leave them to the very end. Uh, as we said, uh, AFB, he went 80-something in my comp. I had pick 83, and I, I even looked at him and went, no, I think I can get more upside somewhere else. So I ended up getting, who did I get? I got uh, Dan Saifidi uh, in round, I think, 14, and then I got Blake Laurie round 16, and uh, they're two guys that I'm confident. So Saifidi will average 50. He could even push to 60 if he starts. And Blake Laurie, I mean, if he gets back to where he was a couple of years Yummy. ago. Yeah, if he gets back to where he was, he's a 50-55 guy. Uh, great news that he re-signed today. Um, I, I actually put up a post saying that um, – 
saying that it was a big week for him because I drafted him, then he re-signed. <laughs> and, uh, boys, he sent me a message and th- and said thanks for backing me. So oh, I'm expecting big things from Laurie this year now. But, uh, yeah, like I-, I waited. I mean, AFB would have been a fantastic get. What do you guys reckon AFB is going to average? I mean, if he has a belter season, where, where do you guys put him? 65. 65, yeah, cool. I think he can, he, he can push 70, but I don't think there's much... Okay, up. well, let, let's say best case scenario, he pushes 70. I don't think it's impossible. What do you think Jacob Saifidi averages? He's not He's not the world away from that, I don't think. Mate, he's, especially, uh, especially with the talk that um, Clemmer's not going to be starting and it's going to be um, Jacob. F- 55. Yeah, 55, okay. So you've lost 15 points there across 12 rounds, really. Yeah. I think there's, there's there's huge huge value in Safidi this yep. season. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so they'd probably be my tips. Don't get sucked into losing value for positions. Um, and yeah, actually consider your how many points you're going to get for where that pick is and what you could get six rounds later when it's maybe not as big a name, but it's the points that matter, not the fucking name. Yeah, fair. No, I love that one. Um, so our tips, and they're pretty much the same every year, but our first one and our favourite one is, is Be Like Water, Be Like Bruce. Um, you need. There's no way that your draft is going to go the way that you think it's going to go. It's always going to change. It's going to move. You need to keep your head on a swivel. You need to change with the draft. Of you course, you're going to have... Be, you might be able to plan those first few picks, but after that, it's a fucking free-for-all. Even then, even then, after the first 10 picks, it might fucking all go to shit. You just don't know what other idiots in your league are going to do. And you, <laughs> of course, you can have all the lists that you want, that the spreadsheets all set up, all that, and, you know, it could be all fucked up within 30 picks. So you've got to, and this is the thing, what we always say, like do all your preseason study so that on the day you are able to go off the cuff, to play eyes up footy, to to vibe it out and not have to rely on all these lists and the spreadsheets and everything like that. So be like water's number one, back your gut is number two. If you've got a good feeling, back your gut. Yep. If you like a guy because you like to watch him, back your gut. It's 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 part of draft. You know, it, it, you can talk about numbers and averages and predictions until you're blue in the face, and we do, trust me. But at the end of the day, when people come to me and they DM me and they go, oh, who do I take out of this guy, this guy, and this guy? I always go, back your gut. I'm not going to make the decision for you. Back your fucking gut. And when you think about it, you'll know the answer. So please... Do that and back yourself. Number three, big one for Walker, pre-draft list. Make sure you complete it. It gets hard after you start ranking those top 50 guys. But after that, instead of trying to, to you know, narrow it down to each pick. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't worry about no, going, no, no, okay, no. this guy's 51, this guy's 53. I need to just start ranking them in blocks of 10 and blocks of 15 because that's really how they're going to sit. Well, I've, I've, found, I've found the easiest way to do it is go into the filter and filter by position because it's a lot easier to, to just have a think about, okay, where, where do you rank them in their positions? And then you can go in and have a look after you've done all the positions and go have a look at, okay, how does that look? And then you can have a little play around after that. Yep, I totally agree. It's a massive one. The fourth one, and we've said it a lot, but it's really important. Do not let the turbo owner get Garrick. And the fifth one, Enjoy it, guys. Don't take it too serious. Don't be that that cunt that's in the in the corner, that's not socialising, that's taking it too serious. Don't look at my sheets. You know, like enjoy it. You've done the work. You've done. You've listened to all the podcasts. Have a beer. Have a whiskey. Draft your team. Have fun with it. And then, if I could say one more thing, 
and this is more <laughs> and this is more of a, a juju thing do your fucking shield I've never met anyone that's won a premiership that hasn't done their shield for Supercoach. I hate looking at a league and some of the shields aren't done up with their color, with their team colours. So that's just my final word. That's the lowest bit of advice I've ever fucking heard. Do your shield. No. Are you one of those idiots that runs with no shield? I am one of those idiots that runs with no shield. Yes. I'd kick. I'd kick you out of my league, quick smart mate. That that that's no. That's a no go in the lowest he's, league. He's picking up people <laughs> doing not doing a shield before they haven't even paid their fucking fees. it's ridiculous i've got ocd i can't look at the league and have people with no shield it just it bugs me too much <sighs> good but, god what about the quality content here fuck me exactly. top shelf brother do, do, do your shield do your shield do your fucking shield i'm telling you it's bad juju all right guru thank you as always for coming on and dribbling dribbling with the best you mate you wanted behind wooker who can dribble on for fucking Eons on any on any subject. You're you're a close second. Now I'll take it, boys. It's a uh, <laughs> it's an honour to be uh, up there on the podium with the big fella. So stoked. That's it. Guilty by association. Nah, thanks for coming on, brother. No, thank you, boys. Appreciate it as always. Long rub here, just quietly. Always, yeah. always a pleasure. Never a chore, though. This is what happens when I give Wooker a little bit of rope. So I gave him a little bit of rope just, there at the start, to of the, start of the podcast and I had to fucking pull it really hard towards the middle. I was like, <laughs> fuck, I've given him too much slack here. But uh, we got there, boys. We got there. Hey, um, can I can I just ask you one question before we go for you to think about? Um, yes. In your draft league, your home league that's coming up, if you don't get the first six picks, where do you want to be? Uh, nine. Nine? Nine or ten. Nine or Probably ten. nine. Nine. Okay. Yep. Nine's, cool. the, nine's the magic number there if you don't get those top ones. To be honest, if you don't get top four, we like nine. Okay. How, yeah. how, how many are in your league? So is it 10? 10. 12. 10. 12. Oh, okay. 12. But... In a home league, is 12. Yep. Yeah. Cool. All right. I don't, I, don't think it, I don't think it matters either way from our perspective because I think it, it, there's a mad drop-off. There's not much of a drop-off between six and nine, but there is a bit of a drop-off from there. Yep. Yeah, fair shout. All right, boys, I am going to love you and leave you. Thank you for having me on once again. Always love my time in the rub down. Check your next rub, brother. Absolute legend. Catch you next time, mate.